My dear brothers and sisters, welcome to General Conference. I look forward to this day with great anticipation. I pray for you every day. I've also prayed that this conference will be a time of spiritual rejuvenation for each one of you. I'm Sarah Jane Weaver, editor of The Church News. Welcome to The Church News Podcast. We are taking you on a journey of connection as we discuss news and events of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Since members of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints participated in General Conference in October 2021, difficulties in the world have continued. Despite that, church leaders spoke to a global membership during the 192nd Annual General Conference about hope and faith and peace. They asked Latter-day Saints to share the blessings of the restored gospel with the world. The five sessions of General Conference held Saturday, April 2nd and Sunday, April 3rd, originated from the Conference Center in Salt Lake City, signaling a return to a more traditional General Conference than have been held in the past two years. This episode of the Church News Podcast features excerpts from general conference addresses by the First Presidency and Quorum of the Twelve, the Church's women leaders, and members of the Presidency of the Seventy. In the opening moments of conference, President Russell M. Nelson addressed a world in conflict, asking members to preach the gospel of peace. Prophets have foreseen our day when there would be wars and rumors of wars, and when the whole earth would be in commotion. As followers of Jesus Christ, we plead with leaders of nations to find peaceful resolutions to their differences. We call upon people everywhere to pray for those in need, to do what they can to help the distressed, and to seek the Lord's help in ending any major conflicts. Brothers and sisters, the gospel of Jesus Christ has never been needed more than it is today. Contention violates everything the Savior stood for and taught. I love the Lord Jesus Christ and testify that His gospel is the only enduring solution for peace. His gospel is a gospel of peace. His gospel is the only answer when many in the world are stunned with fear. Every person who has made covenants with God has promised to care about others and serve those in need. Today, I reaffirm strongly that the Lord has asked every worthy, able young man to prepare for and serve a mission. For you young and able sisters, a mission is also a powerful but optional opportunity. We love sister missionaries and welcome them wholeheartedly. What they contribute in this work is magnificent. Pray to know if the Lord would have you serve a mission and the Holy Ghost will respond to your heart and mind. Dear young friends, you are each vital to the Lord. President M. Russell Ballard, acting president of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles, continued the theme of missionary work. 
He emphasized that serving a mission not only blesses others, but also the individual life of the missionary. The Lord knows you when you are seen serving your mission, you will uh, have experiences that will help you come to know Him better. You'll grow spiritually in serving Him. In His name, you'll be sent on errands to serve others. He will give you experiences with promptings of the Holy Ghost to teach in His name. You can show Him that He can trust you and can rely on you. Sister Reina I. Aberto, who will complete her service as second counselor in the Relief Society General Presidency on August 1st, spoke about the power of Relief Society to members of the Church. My fellow disciples of Christ, let us not underestimate the marvelous work the Lord is doing through us, His Church, despite our shortcomings. Sometimes we are givers and sometimes we are receivers, but we are all one family in Christ. His Church is the structure He has given to guide and bless us as we worship Him and serve each other. Some sisters have apologized to me, thinking they are not active members of Relief Society because they are serving in primary or young women. Those sisters are among the most active members of Relief Society because they are helping our precious children and youth strengthen their faith in Jesus Christ. Relief Society is not limited to a room in a building, a Sunday lesson, an activity, or a presidency at the local or general level. Relief Society is the covenant women of the Church. It is us, each of us, and all of us. It is our global community of compassion and service. Elder David A. Bednar of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles asked us to heed not to the world's mocking and evil influences by exercising faith and living sacred covenants. The doctrine of Christ, written with the Spirit of the living God in fleshy tables of our hearts, increases our capacity to heed not the many distractions, taunts, and diversions in our fallen world. For example, faith focused in and on the Lord Jesus Christ fortifies us with spiritual strength. Faith in the Redeemer is a principle of action and of power. As we act in accordance with the truths of His gospel, we are blessed with the spiritual capacity to press forward through the challenges of mortality while focusing on the joys the Savior offers to us. Truly, if we do what's right, we have no need to fear, for the Lord, our Helper, will ever be near. Elder Neil L. Anderson asked Latter-day Saints to be peacemakers. The action needed is to serve others and not to react to an antagonist. The powerful impact of the Internet is a blessing and a challenge, unique to our time. In a world of social media and information superhighways, one person's voice can be multiplied exponentially. That voice, whether true or false, whether fair or prejudicial, whether kind or cruel, moves instantly across the world. 
The Lord taught how to live then and now in a contemptuous world. By the shield of our faith in Jesus Christ, we become peacemakers, quenching, meaning to calm, cool, or extinguish all the fiery darts of the adversary. To be steady in life's storms, Latter-day Saints should build a sure foundation, said President Henry B. Eyring, second counselor in the First Presidency. Our faith in Jesus Christ brings us to repentance and to keeping His commandments. We obey and we gain power to resist temptation, and we gain the promised companionship of the Holy Ghost. Our natures changed to become as a little child, obedient to God and more loving. That change will qualify us to enjoy the gifts that come through the Holy Ghost. Having the Spirit's companionship will comfort, guide, and strengthen us. When the storms in life come, you can be steady because you are standing on the rock of your faith in Jesus Christ. Elder Jeffrey R. Holland of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles encouraged listeners to search for happiness by embracing the bounties of the gospel. My plea today to our youth and to you parents and adults who advise them is to begin your search for happiness by embracing the bounty we've already received from the giver of every good gift. At precisely the moment many in the world are asking deep questions of the soul, we ought to be answering with the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, which holds aloft the mission and message of the Savior of the world, offers the most eternally significant way to both find good and do good at such a needful time. Elder Patrick Kieran of the Presidency of the Seventy said that the Savior's healing balm can deliver all victimized by abuse, oppression, neglect, or violence. Whatever has happened to you, he is not ashamed of you or disappointed in you. He loves you in a way you have yet to discover, and you will discover it as you trust in his promises and as you learn to believe him when he says you are precious in his sight. You are not defined by these terrible things that have been done to you. You are, in glorious truth, defined by your eternally existing identity as a son or daughter of God, by your Creator's perfect, infinite love and invitation to whole and complete healing. Elder Garrett W. Gong of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles encouraged listeners to connect and belong with ancestors and descendants in uniting God's family. Connecting with our ancestors can change our lives in surprising ways. From their trials and accomplishments, we gain faith and strength. From their love and sacrifices, we learn to forgive and move forward. Our children become resilient. We gain protection and power. Ties with ancestors increase family closeness, gratitude, miracles. 
Such ties can bring help from the other side of the veil. Continuing the focus on missionary work and conversion, Elder Quinton L. Cook of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles outlined how true conversion includes sharing the gospel. Over a lifetime of service and spiritual experiences, I have come to understand that true conversion is the result of the conscious acceptance of the will of God, and we can be guided in our actions by the Holy Ghost. Your testimony will be strengthened when you know in your heart, through your prayers, that the Prophet Joseph Smith was an instrument in the Lord's hands. President Dallin H. Oaks, first counselor in the First Presidency, kicked off the Saturday evening session of General Conference with an introductory message. On behalf of the First Presidency, President Oaks outlined the purpose and direction of the special session for women. Our Saturday sessions have a history of different purposes and different audiences. This evening, we add to that history as we embark upon a new purpose and procedure for the foreseeable future. The gospel of Jesus Christ does not change. Gospel doctrine does not change. Our personal covenants do not change. But over the years, the meetings we hold to communicate our messages do change and very likely will continue to change over the years. For now, this Saturday evening meeting is a session of general conference, not a session of any organization. Like all sessions of general conference, the planning, speakers, and music are designated by the First Presidency. Tonight, this Saturday evening session of General Conference will concentrate on the concerns of Latter-day Saint women. President Susan H. Porter, who was sustained by members as the new primary general president during the Saturday afternoon session, shared three lessons she's learned as she continues to drink from the well of living water. Five years ago, my husband Bruce became seriously ill when we were serving with the consecrated saints in the Europe East area. We returned home and he passed away only a few weeks later. My life changed overnight. I was grieving and felt weak and vulnerable. I pled with the Lord to direct my path. What would thou have me do? A few weeks later, I was going through my mail when a small picture in a catalog caught my eye. As I looked closer, I realized it was an artist's rendition of the Samaritan woman with Jesus at the well. At that moment, the Spirit spoke clearly to me. That is what you are supposed to do. A loving Heavenly Father was inviting me to come to the Savior and learn. Sister Rebecca L. Craven, the second counselor in the Young Women General Presidency, encouraged women and young women to focus on doing the things that matter most. Being a disciple of Jesus Christ involves more than just hoping or believing. It calls for effort, movement, and commitment. It requires that we do something. Being doers of the word 
and not hearers only. Conversion won't come while doing nothing. It comes through the power of the Holy Ghost as we intentionally make an effort by asking, seeking, and knocking. It comes by doing. Release Society General President Jean B. Bingham shared how an experience of repelling can be compared to keeping covenants and strengthening one's anchor in Jesus Christ. During the Saturday afternoon session, President Bingham was released as General Release Society President, effective August 1st, 2022. The spiritual equipment that keeps us from being broken on the rocks of adversity is our testimony of Jesus Christ and the covenants we make. We can rely on these supports to guide and carry us to safety. As our willing partner, the Savior will not allow us to fall beyond His reach. Even in our times of suffering and sorrow, He is there to lift and encourage. His power helps us recover from the often devastating impact of others' choices. However, we each must put on the harvest and make sure the knots are securely tied. We must choose to be anchored to the Savior, to be bound to Him by our covenants. How do we strengthen that anchor? We pray with a humble heart, study and ponder the scriptures, take the sacrament with a spirit of repentance and reverence, strive to keep the commandments, and follow the prophet's counsel. And as we fulfill our everyday tasks in higher and holier ways, we become more connected to the Savior and at the same time help others come unto Him. Elder Dale G. Renland of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles anchored the special women's session. His talk centered on truce in the young women theme. The young women theme begins, I am a beloved daughter of heavenly parents with a divine nature and eternal destiny. This statement contains four important truths. First, you are a beloved daughter. Nothing you do or don't do can change that. God loves you because you are His spirit daughter. Sometimes we may not feel His love, but it is always there. God's love is perfect. Our ability to sense that love is not. The Spirit plays a pivotal role in communicating God's love to us. Elder D. Todd Christofferson of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles spoke about the faith, patience, and refinement required to create a lasting relationship with God. Some misunderstand the promises of God to mean that obedience to Him yields specific outcomes on a fixed schedule. They might think, if I diligently serve a full-time mission, God will bless me with a happy marriage and children. Or if I refrain from doing schoolwork on the Sabbath, God will bless me with good grades. Or if I pay tithing, God will bless me with that job I've been wanting. If life doesn't fall out precisely this way, or according to an expected timetable, they may feel betrayed by God. But things are not so mechanical in the divine economy. We ought not to think of God's plan as a cosmic vending machine where we select the desired blessing, insert the required sum of good works, and the order is promptly delivered. Sister Amy A. Wright, second counselor in the primary general presidency, who will become first counselor in the primary general presidency on August 1st, said that nothing in life is ever so broken 
that it is beyond the curative, redeeming, and enabling power of the Savior Jesus Christ. We can learn much from the scriptures about how our Savior Jesus Christ will help us successfully navigate the things in our lives that are broken, no matter our age. He can heal broken relationships with God, broken relationships with others, and broken parts of ourselves. While the Savior was teaching in the temple, a woman was brought to him by the scribes and Pharisees. We do not know her full story, just that she was taken in adultery. Often the scriptures give only a small portion of someone's life, and based on that portion, we sometimes tend to exalt or condemn. No one's life can be understood by one magnificent moment or one regrettable public disappointment. The purpose of these scriptural accounts is to help us see that Jesus Christ was the answer then, and He is the answer now. Elder Gary E. Stevenson of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles spoke on how the Savior's great commission to preach the gospel can be accomplished through three simple principles—love, share, and invite. I invite you to consider ways that you can love, share, and invite. As you do so, you will feel a measure of joy knowing that you are heeding the words of our beloved Savior. What I am urging you to do is not a new program. You've heard these principles before. This is not the next big thing the Church is asking you to do. These three things are merely an extension of who we already are as disciples of Jesus Christ. No name badge or letter is required. No formal calling is needed as these three things become a natural part of who we are and how we live, they will become an automatic, unforced expression of genuine love. Elder Ronald A. Rasband of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles invited Latter-day Saints worldwide to champion the cause of religious freedom. I invite you to champion the cause of religious freedom. It is an expression of the God-given principle of agency. Religious freedom brings balance to competing philosophies. The good of religion, its reach, and the daily acts of love which religion inspires only multiply when we protect the freedom to express and act on core beliefs. President Russell M. Nelson, the 17th President of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, concluded the Sunday morning session with a special talk titled The Power of Spiritual Momentum. He asked Latter-day Saints to avoid contention. I pray daily that you will be protected from the fierce attacks of the adversary and have the strength to push forward through whatever challenges you face. Some trials are deeply private burdens no one else can see. Others are played out on the world stage. The armed conflict in Eastern Europe is one of these. I have been to Ukraine and Russia many times. I love those lands, the people, and their languages. I weep and pray for all who are affected by this conflict. As a Church, we are doing all we can to help those who are suffering and struggling to survive. 
We invite everyone to continue to fast and pray for all the people being hurt by this calamity. Any war is a horrifying violation of everything the Lord Jesus Christ stands for and teaches. None of us can control nations or the actions of others, or even members of our own families. But we can control ourselves. My call today, dear brothers and sisters, is to end conflicts that are raging in your heart, your home, and your life. Bury any and all inclination to hurt others. What are those inclinations be a, a temper, a sharp tongue, or a resentment for someone who has hurt you? The Savior commanded us to turn the other cheek, to love our enemies, and to pray for those who despitefully use us. It can be painfully difficult to let go of anger that feels so justified. It can seem impossible to forgive those whose destructive actions have hurt the innocent. And yet the Savior admonished us to forgive all men. We are followers of the Prince of Peace. Now more than ever, we need the peace only He can bring. How can we expect peace to exist in the world when we are not individually seeking peace and harmony? Brothers and sisters, I know what I'm suggesting is not easy, but followers of Jesus Christ should set the example for all the world to follow. I plead with you to do all you can to end personal conflicts that are currently raging in your hearts and in your lives. President Nelson also promised that great personal peace and that spiritual momentum we all seek is possible through the Savior Jesus Christ. When the Savior atoned for all mankind, he opened a way that those who follow him can have access to his healing, strengthening, and redeeming power. These spiritual privileges are available to all who seek to hear him and follow him. My dear brothers and sisters, with all the pleadings of my heart, I urge you to get on the covenant path and stay there. Experience the joy of repenting daily. Learn about God and how he works. Seek and expect miracles. Strive to end conflict in your life. As you act on these pursuits, I promise you the ability to move forward on the covenant path with increased momentum, despite whatever obstacles you face. And I promise you greater strength to resist temptation, more peace of mind, freedom from fear, and greater unity in your families. President Dallin H. Oaks, first counselor in the First Presidency, emphasized that the Church's policies and doctrines are evidence of God's saving love for His children. 
The gospel plan shows our Heavenly Father's love for all His children. To understand this, we must seek to understand His plan and His commandments. He loves His children so much that He gave His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, to be our Savior and Redeemer, to suffer and die for us. In the restored Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, we have a unique understanding of our Heavenly Father's plan. This gives us a different way of viewing the purpose of mortal life, the divine judgment that follows it, and the ultimate glorious destiny of all of God's children. Elder Ulysses Suarez encouraged listeners to live in awe of Jesus Christ and His gospel in order to be healed and to draw closer to Him. As we genuinely and continually strive to learn of the Savior and follow His example, I promise you in His name that His divine attributes will be written in our minds and hearts, that we will become more like Him, and that we will walk with Him. My beloved brothers and sisters, I pray that we will ever stand in awe of Jesus Christ and His complete, infinite, and perfect love. May the remembrance of what our eyes have seen and our hearts have felt increase our amazement at the Savior's atoning sacrifice, which can heal us of our spiritual and emotional wounds and helps us to draw closer to Him. Elder Dieter F. Uchtdorf of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles explained how to offer one's whole soul to Jesus Christ. The Savior taught us how offerings are measured in His kingdom. And it's quite different from the way we usually measure things. To the Lord, the value of the donation was measured not by the effect it had on the treasury, but by the effect it had on the donor. In praising this faithful widow, the Savior gave us a standard to measure our discipleship in all of its many expressions. Jesus taught that our offering may be large or it may be small, but either way, it must be our heartfelt all. The 192nd Annual General Conference of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints concluded with a special announcement from President Russell M. Nelson. President Nelson announced 17 new temples, bringing the total number of temples he's announced as president of the church to 100. We end this episode of the Church News Podcast all pondering the same question. What do we know now after participating and listening to General Conference? I plead with you to counter worldly ways by focusing on the eternal blessings of the temple, said President Nelson in his concluding remarks. So we conclude today with his words and his temple announcement and his prophetic direction for all of us. My dear brothers and sisters, this conference has been historic in many ways. We have been blessed by the prayers, messages, and music. We have been inspired by servants of the Lord. We have received important direction for the future. My prayer is that the Spirit has spoken to you directly 
about things the Lord would have you do. The future is always uncertain. Weather changes. Economic cycles are unpredictable. Disasters, wars, and accidents, illness can change life quickly. These actions are largely beyond our control, but there are some things we can control, including how we spend our time each day. In a spirit of prayerful gratitude, I am pleased to announce our plans to build a new temple in each of the following locations. Wellington, New Zealand. Brazzaville, Republic of Congo. Barcelona, Spain. Birmingham, United Kingdom. Cusco, Peru. Maceo, Brazil. Santos, Brazil. San Luis Potosí, Mexico. Mexico City, Benemérito, Mexico. Tampa, Florida. Knoxville, Tennessee. Cleveland, Ohio. Wichita, Kansas. Austin, Texas. Missoula, Montana. Montpelier, Idaho. Modesto, California. These 17 temples will bless countless lives on both sides of the veil. I love you, my dear brothers and sisters. And more importantly, the Lord loves you. He's your Savior and your Redeemer. He leads and guides His church. May we be a people worthy of the Lord who said, Ye shall be my people and I will be your God. You have been listening to the Church News Podcast. I'm your host, Church News Editor Sarah Jane Weaver. I hope you have learned something today about the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints by peering with me through the Church News window. Please remember to subscribe to this podcast. And if you enjoyed the messages we shared today, please make sure you share the podcast with others. Thanks to our guests, to my producer, Kellyanne Halverson, and others who make this podcast possible. Join us every week for a new episode. Find us on your favorite podcasting channel or with other news and updates about the church on thechurchnews.com. Thank you.